Hello, this is Dr. Gwen. Today is Thursday, August 27th. It's almost 5 o'clock here in Santa Barbara. A very hot day today. The first report I think you'll find very interesting. It comes out of Washington University in St. Louis. And it's entitled, Fat in the Liver, Not the Belly, is a Better Marker for Disease Risk. You know, for a long time we've been talking about visceral fat. So this, this one is rather interesting. Um, you know, because I know I've podcasted a number of times about number of times about being fat and fit and I think this may redefine uh, visceral fat or fat in the in the belly so let me uh, share this with you and this is new findings from nutrition researchers at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis suggest that it's not whether body fat is stored in the belly that affects metabolic risk factors for diabetes high blood uh, triglycerides and cardiovascular disease but whether it collects in the liver Having too much liver fat is known as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The researchers report online in the journal PNAS Early Edition that when fat collects in the liver, people experience serious metabolic problems such as insulin resistance, which, you know, that's a big one now, metabolic uh, syndrome, which affects the body's ability to metabolize sugar. They also have increases in production of fat particles in the liver that are secreted into the bloodstream and increase the level of triglycerides. For years, scientists have noticed that where um, individuals carried body fat influences their metabolic and cardiovascular risk. You know, this is what goes back to the, you know, women as the pear shape um, are at higher risk and so on. Increased fat inside the belly, known as visceral fat, is associated with an increased risk of diabetes and heart disease. Data from a large number of studies shows that visceral fat is associated with metabolic risk, which has led to the belief that visceral fat might even cause metabolic dysfunction. Um, that was a quote from the senior investigator, uh, Dr. Klein. And he also said that, however, visceral fat tracks closely with liver fat. We have, they have found that excess fat in the liver, not visceral fat, is a key marker of metabolic dysfunction. Visceral fat might simply be an innocent bystander that is associated with liver fat. Interesting, huh? So that, that has tre tremendous ramifications for um, uh, assessment. Uh, and then he went on to further say that most of, the body fall, most of the body fat called subcutaneous fat is located under our skin, but about 10% is present inside the body, in, in the belly, excuse me, while much smaller amounts are found inside organs such as the liver and muscle. And the study compared obese people with elevated and normal amounts of liver fat all the subjects were matched by age, sex, body mass index, percent body fat, and degree of obesity. Through careful evaluations of obese people with different amounts of visceral fat or liver fat, the team determined that excess fat inside the liver identifies those individuals who are at the greatest risk for metabolic um, problems. And he, another author went on to say that they don't exactly know why some fats, particularly triglycerides, will accumulate inside the liver and muscle in some people, but not in the others. But their data suggests that a protein called CD36, which controls the transport of fatty acids from the bloodstream into different tissues, is involved. Fatty acids are the building blocks for making fats, known as triglycerides. The researchers found that CD36 levels were lower in fat tissue and higher in muscle tissue among people with elevated liver fat. And they say that the changes in CD36 activity could be responsible for diverting circulating fatty acids away from fat tissue and into liver and, mis into liver and muscle tissues where they are converted to triglyceride. 
Increased tissue uptake of fatty acids could also be responsible for metabolic dysfunction. Um, they said that, that those who are obese but don't have high levels of fat in the liver should be encouraged to lose weight. But those with elevated liver fat are at particularly high risk, high risk for heart disease and diabetes. And the investigator says they need to be treated aggressively to help them lose weight because dropping pounds could make a difference. So we really need our physicians to examine um, fatty liver disease. It is completely reversible. So if you lose a small amount of weight, you can markedly reduce the fat content in your liver. In fact, even two days of calorie restriction can cause a large reduction in liver fat and improvement in liver insulin sensitivity. That's the good news, is that it is something that is, you can control just by cutting the calories. And as I say to my sons and my husband and to myself, calories in cannot be greater than calories out. The next report is something I think we're going to hear more of in the next uh, weeks coming up as we enter the flu season. I, I really think if the predictions are true, the swine flu may rear its ugly head and we may have some catastrophic um, experiences here in the United States as well as other areas of the world. But this one is titled, Flu Myths Keep People From Getting Important Vaccinations. Concerned over a possible second wave of the H1N1 flu, which is swine flu, um, outbreak this fall, healthcare officials are urging everyone to prepare for a busy flu season. The best way to prepare, of course, is to get a flu vaccination. Another way to get ready is to separate fact from fiction with expert help from the Methodist Hospital and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and, Pre and Prevention. So I'm going to read these uh, myths and facts. So the first myth, healthy people don't need to worry about the flu. Fact. Seasonal or swine flu can affect anyone. Although swine flu was considered to be mild this spring, this, you know, this last spring, the CDC says a new outbreak could first affect teenagers, young adults, and pregnant women, in addition to very old, very sick, and very young people. Myth. If I get the swine flu vaccine, it will give me the flu. Fact. Many people also believe this about the seasonal flu vaccine, but it is not true. Because flu shots contain dead viruses, they cannot cause the flu. If you know someone who got sick after a shot, that person was most likely infected before he or she received the vaccine. Some people may get a little redness or soreness at the site of the shot, but that typically goes away in a few days. Please remember that fact. Myth. Washing my hands with only soap and water will not protect me from flu germs. Fact. Hand san sanitizers, particularly those with 60% alcohol, are most effective in killing flu virus. But washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds or singing happy birthday to yourself is pretty effective also. Most important in this fact is to wash your hands frequently. Myth. I might get swine flu by eating pork or by going to the petting zoo at the county fair. Fact. There is no evidence that H1N1 swine flu virus spreads from pigs to people. After touching any farm's animal, it's a good idea to wash your hands, particularly before eating. Myth. If I get sick with a fever, that means I have swine flu and I need to go to the hospital. Fact. If you are otherwise healthy and begin to show any kind of flu symptoms, coughing, sneezing, head and body aches, and you will know, you will feel very, very sick, you should stay home rather than risk further infection from others in a hospital or doctor's office waiting room. 
If you have a pre-existing medical condition, including asthma or lung disease or immune disease, you should get medical care as soon as possible. Healthcare workers, please stay home. It just appalls me how often healthcare workers go to work. With area school children about to go back to class, doc, this doctor, an infect, infectious disease specialist, suggests you take these steps to keep children um, safe at school and at home. Wash your hands often, especially after sneezing or coughing. Alcohol-based hand cleaners are most effective, but washing for at least 20 seconds with soap and water works too. Teach kids to sing happy birthday twice while washing so they know how long to wash. Cover your nose and mouth with a tissue when you cough or sneeze. If you don't have a tissue, cough or sneeze into your shoulder or your sleeve, not into your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Germs spread that way. Try to avoid close contact with sick people. If you or your child is sick, stay home from work or school. Limit contact with other people as much as possible to keep from infecting them. Stay home for at least 24 hours after there is no longer a fever or signs of a fever. Aspirin should not be given to children or teenagers. This can cause a rare but serious illness called Rye syndrome. Get your family vaccinated for seasonal flu and H1N1 swine flu when these become available. Please pass the word. I also urge you to visit my, um, uh, my Twitter. It, my Twitter handle is Dr. Gwen, D-R-G-W-E-N and or go to YouTube and just do a search on texting while driving. There is an incredible um, video that was done in the United Kingdom that illustrates the dangers of texting while driving. It's very profound. And it will, if you have teenagers who are learning to drive, I urge you to have them watch this. So that's all I have for today. I wish you well, I wish you uh, health and uh, Take good care of yourself. This is Dr. Gwen. Bye now.